Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. <laughs> Recorded live. Uh, welcome to the 5-Minute Major. My name is Mike Berg. I am the ousted Jared Mason from the hosting chair this evening. He's, uh, uh, we've got some good news for Mason. Mason had a little, had a little boy. Uh, well, his wife did. God, I hope he didn't. Um, so he, he's, he's currently, uh, out of pocket right now, so uh, we're just going to go this go at this with a three way here. Uh, Nick, Nick, how you doing this evening, buddy? I'm doing great, Bergie. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm doing pretty awesome myself. And uh, you you probably uh, heard doubles uh, giggling in the background. Uh, doubles, uh, how how things look from section two twenty two tonight? Wasn't. Wasn't Picasso, as Boudreaux uh, likes to say, but uh, never say no to two points, right? Yeah, we we, we caught uh, never say no never say no to two points there. So uh, we'll, we'll assume the Wendy's drive-through is interfering with double signal a little bit here. Um, Nick, uh, how how'd they look tonight? <sighs> um, I thought they got better as the game went on. But I don't think they at any point looked real strong. It's just a passive. It's they're they're a passive perimeter team right now, and they don't close and they don't finish, and they're not very exciting to watch. I mean, it it almost harkened me back to sort of like the bad old Lemare days of got to win at two one because you're not scoring three kind of thing. Okay, but you know. And, and doubles if your if your signal improves here, feel free to jump in here. But you know, isn't that kind of what you got to do though? When the team is struggling to score, then you kind of got to do whatever you can to win, though, right? Can you hear me now, Bergie? Yeah, you, you, we got you now. All right. Um, I actually I had that very same thought that Nick did about back to the Lemare days. It seemed like so much of this game, at least the first half of the game, so much of it seemed like it was played along the boards. I mean, there was multiple times where there was like five and six-man boofoos fighting for the puck in the corner. And I actually tweeted this from the Wild Extra account. I Honestly, I was waiting for uh, Scott Peller and Stacey Roost and uh, Cliff Rodding to hop over the boards tonight. Kai Nermanen. Kai Nermanen. Kai Nermanen. Kai Nermanen. Kai Rizdal. Pateri Numelin. Kai, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I would, No, I, I, I agree, obviously. And, Bergie, I mean, you asked the question. So, I mean, is that what you, I mean, is that where you are? Is it that they're, they're not any better, so this is how they're going to have to win games? And if so, is that okay with you? That's a that's a good question. I mean, I, I I took it more. I meant it more in the perspective of when a team is struggling, you know, they're, they they they're going to have to change their their play until they get things moving in the right direction. 
uh, you know, when, when they do finally start scoring again, um, if they ever start scoring again in uh, 2018 or 2019, um, that's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking. You know, un, until that point, they're going to have to do whatever they can to win. And, you know, winning ugly is, is better than losing. So I, have, I you mean, watched, that's, that's have you watched Bolt Drum lately? Have you watched Bolt Drum lately or something, Bergy? <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking love winning. <laughs> I'm better than losing. <laughs> um, I hear you. I mean, I guess my feeling is, are are they better? I mean, is there a state of betterness to which they can get? I don't know. I I just uh, I guess over and above what they've been the last few seasons. I don't know. I don't I don't think they are. I mean, the personnel isn't any, any different. I mean, Gravak and Stewie and whatever. I mean, I the, the funniest part to me tonight was. The, uh, when they when FSN listed the healthy scratches or whatever the injured list, and it was Zach Dalpy with our injured. I was like, he's still on the fucking team. Are you kidding me, Zach Dalpy? Right? I mean, so you know that that was really the beginning of my feeling like this was like we just hadn't gone anywhere in years. When we're still when still we're still talking about players like a Zach Dalpy, it's like have we? Nick Johnson. It may as well be Stacy Ruiz for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's like don't forget Nick Johnson. Or, yeah, Nick Johnson went to the All Star Young Stars game representing the Wild one season, and 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 we've seen how his career has just skyrocketed since then. Um, so, you know, you know, talk a little bit about Nico. Um, you know, I, I, what do you guys think about Grayovac? I mean, you know, we touched on him just a second ago, and you know, I I thought that he played a strong game, and yet. You know, it, I found it interesting that he was playing on the fourth line. You know, because there are, there are a couple of shifts there where the, the Koivu-Gravac-Gradland line actually looked really good, and I thought Gravac was doing really good work along the boards. What do you what do you get? What do you guys think? I thought Zucker put him there because Zucker had a really strong game. Right. And and that says more about Zucker than it does about Gravac. But you know, I'm, I'm I'm still kind of curious what you guys thought about. Um, Gravac's game because, you know, like I said, I you know I, I thought he looked pretty good, you know, and it, it, he kind of raises the same question that we had with Koivu. I thought Gravac was actually really good along the boards, um, but I also really like his size at, at the setter position. So I mean, is is Gravac going to be another Charlie Coyle where he's going to bounce between center and wing? Do you think, or you know, you know, doubles? What's your you know, what what do you think? You know, seeing him live and in person. Um, I thought he was pretty good along the boards. Um, you know, I I don't know. I, to me, Gravac is just another guy. He's just one of the guys. Yeah. Um, I, they're just a team full of guys. I I, I don't know. He really doesn't. Uh, he doesn't really do a whole lot for me, to be honest. But. Again, I mean, that's yeah, – I don't see him really as any much different than any of the other 11 forwards they draft on any given night. It's just – this is just what they are. I mean, they, they he's saying that they, they, they've told him they want him to be physical and go to the net and control the puck and use his body. And if that's true, um, I feel like that's what he's doing. And, if, and that's good. Like, that's fine. I mean, if 
if both those, if, if that, if that's what they told him, and then if that is what he's doing, which is what it looks like to me, then okay. I mean, that's I don't have a problem with that, you know. But he's not, he's not a thirty goal guy. He, you know, he's a fourth liner, third liner right. maybe kind of guy. You know, he's he, you know, which you need on a contending team to have a strong third and fourth line. But a content, the difference between you know the Wild and a contending team, in my opinion, is that we the the contend the contending team is a first and second line, and we really don't. I mean, you know, regardless of who's playing with Miko, if that's the second line, it's it's you know it's just ugh. you know I mean we're all psyched when okay. we had every player in the fucking roster had a goal earlier this season, but it seemed like once they got to the point where eighteen different players or whatever had a goal, they all stopped scoring. So now it's they went from being the only team in the league to have 18 guys or whatever with a goal. Now it's the only team in the league with a, that many guys with one goal. I mean, so. <laughs> well, okay. So, so put, put the, um, put the grave that question in another way uh, on a bad team, you know, so on um, an Arizona or yeah, on an Arizona Coyotes, you know, is, is Gravac going to be, you know, a first or second liner or is he going to be a third or fourth liner? Well, we kind of are a bad team right now. Grayback <laughs> today, as it sits today, Grayback is a third or fourth liner. You know, maybe someday down the line he gets up to being a second liner. But I mean, really, pretty pretty much any fourth liner can be very easily replaced by pretty much any player that's in the American League. There's yeah, and, and, not not a right. lot of difference between your fourth liner in the NHL and your first and second liners in the Americans. Yeah, to, to pile on to yeah. that, if 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 this team if if it if this team needs Graback to be an impact player, then there's so many more problems. Right. You know. You know. Yeah, I mean, and, that, that indicates that the first and second line have basically utterly failed. Right. And, and that's kind of that's kind of the point I'm I'm, I'm driving at here that on on a Blackhawks or um, Rangers or um, you know Canadiens team, Graveback's not even on the roster. Um, Hala is a marginal player on, on a team like that, uh, and, and those are our supposed third and fourth line centers. Um, you know, on on a very very good team, a contending team like that. You know, Nico's not a, a first liner, not a second liner. You know, Nico's you know making maybe three million and playing third line. You know, so so what does that what does that say about the team as it is? Look, I, I'm in the minority here. I'm a Nate Prosser guy. However, I like my Nate Prosser in small doses, and I like my Nate Prosser in small doses on defense. Right, Nate Prosser having to play wing. Saturday night, that's a joke. And the the fact that they didn't, I mean, sadly, it's not like you could pick somebody off of Iowa and say, oh, well, Jordan Trader should have been plugged in. Or Christoph Beercheese or whatever the hell his name is, he should have been plugged in. Or, you know, whoever. Whoever. you know, and who knows when Tuck is going to be ready. And honestly, I'm glad that they're not rushing him because Agree. then we'd be asking the same mm-hmm. questions about him three years from now. We'd still be sitting Agree. here wondering, when is Tuck going to take the next step? 
So yep. it just gets old. So now, okay, so we know they're weak up front. I mean, that's just how they are. I got to say, I am extremely impressed with how well their defensemen have been playing. Um, and when I say that, I'm excluding Mike Riley and bad Dumba. I like good Dumba, yeah. but bad Dumba I'm not big on, especially bad Dumba and Riley paired together. Holy Anna. Oh, my God. But, yeah. But I, I think as a whole, I think the defense has been fantastic for the balance of the season so far. I think Ryan Suter has been fantastic. Agree. Um, mm-hmm. So that being said, can we leverage – and I, I want to mention Folan too. I think Folan has been really good. He, you know, may have lost track of Biggie Funk uh, Wheeler tonight on the Jets' goal, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to, you know, let one play, you know, color my impression. I, I think Folan has been fantastic to this point, and uh, – so good that he's almost been a revelation of sorts. So now, do we dare leverage? We, like I'm part of the organization, but do we dare leverage any of these defensemen and try and parlay them into a move for some sort of scoring help up front? Anyone? Well, they have to. Um, you know, we know that we're going to lose one of uh, we know that defensemen are going to be exposed and, and could very likely be selected in the expansion draft. And that includes Brodine, Scandella, Dumba, and Spurgeon. Um, you know, they can't protect all of them guys. So they're going to lose, you know, they're, they're going to be in a position where they could potentially, potentially lose one of those players. Um, and yeah, I, I think that the, the smart thing to do is to, um, you know, potentially try to get something for one of those guys at least. Um, and, you know, because that, cause that's going to be looming out there and, and, you know, that's going to be part of the calculus of any trade that goes on. And I, and I think that it would be smart of the wild to, um, to, to take advantage of, of the fact that, you know, they've got these skilled defensemen. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, as you said, suter has been phenomenal. Um, Full has been really good. I, you know, Spurgeon has been pretty good. Um, you know, I, I let me go on a limb and say that I, I think Brodine's been pretty good this year. Um, and, you know, that, that kind of leaves Scandella. So who's, you know, who, who among those guys is, is going to be available this next summer? And how is that going to play into uh, the Wilds' decision to potentially, you know, deal one of those guys or um, just leave them all exposed? You know, I, I think that that's, that's going to be something they're going to be, can, they'll have to consider. And I think it'd be a smart at this point to to explore what options they have, um, and you know that that might include uh, trading one of those guys. On the other hand, you could also say they need to hang on to all of them because you know if, if they do potentially lose one, then you know at least they have the others. So you have, they're gonna have to look at both sides of that. And and now that I've said all that, I, I think it's more likely that they're gonna want to try to protect as many of the players as they can, and that means you know, exposing all of them and potentially only losing one. Do you, Doubles, do you think that Ryan Johansson is that top, is a top-line type of talent? You know, I... Yes or no? I I, got to be honest and say I have no idea what he has done this year. Do you have any idea? He's got nine points in 18 games. 
know, then uh, my short answer would be no. Okay. What about Hall or Hopkins or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall? I saw something just the other day from a very loyal follower of the Oilers that just said, you know, Nugent has just been okay. He hasn't been great. Okay, what about Jonathan Drouin? Well, Drouin... Hasn't he been pretty good this year? You know, at the... At the time of his holdout last year, I didn't want anything to do with Drew Ant, so I'm not going to be a revisionist and say the Wild should have gone after him when he was holding out. I mean, there's so my so my point is those guys who are not top level talent, top line talent, um, uh, our stud defensemen that we're been, that we're discussing here were not enough to bring those guys back in in return. No, and that so, is. That is bang on. And Russo said on his latest podcast, you know, the Wild would essentially be looking at if they're going to move a defenseman, you know, everybody is so tight up against the cap league-wide that you have to factor in salary slot. So that kind of narrows the Wild's scope down. If they're going to try and get any sort of scoring in return, they're looking at moving one of Brodeen, Scandella, or Spurgeon, who are all in the, what, 4 to $5 million per range. Yep. Yeah. And, and come on, we, it's pretty easy to see that that's not, to your point, Nick, that's not going to be enough to bring nearly the return that we would be looking for. Exactly. And you can't package up two of them and hoping to get one top-line player because then the money doesn't nope. work. Nope. Right. So... So we don't we this is this this all gets back to Chuck. He's built a mm-hmm. roster of not good enough players to compete and not good enough players that are also too expensive to bring back a good enough player to help us compete. That's the bottom line. And I killed the well. With that, with that sobering thought, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but how about Boudreaux? In the in just in the last week, he's come out and you know in a moment of frustration said, "Hey, how many multi-point, you know, how many multi-point games have we had out of anybody lately?" Yeah. Uh, what was his other one uh, when they before the Dallas game? Oh, we've got four checking lines going tonight. Four fourth lines. Yeah, checking lines, checking lines. I mean, yeah, yeah, those, you know, yeah, those comments may be made kind of off the cuff or whatever. And Nick, maybe you can attest to this right now, but it's almost like a, uh, how does the saying go, a a drunk man's words or a sober man's thoughts. (laughs) What are you saying? God damn it. I'm just saying that uh, I I love Boudreaux calling things out, but I I hate the content of what he's saying because it's absolutely right on the money. Adam Rule made a really good point on that. Or elucidated that very well uh, on her latest Wild Extra article. I encourage you, everybody who's listening, to go check it out because uh, she did her usual good job of 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 making that point much better than I just did in the last five seconds of semi-sober, incoherent rambling. 
Now, I'm going to say something probably pretty moronic here to the surprise of nobody, but I feel like if the Wild, as they are right now, if they were, if we were sitting on, uh, let's just say, mid to late March right now, I think the Wild would be a dangerous team going into the playoffs. They could be that team that nobody wants to play simply because of how freaking good Doobie has been lately. Mm. But not only again, that, I mean, we're sitting on Thanksgiving. I mean, there's, it's almost impossible for him to be this good throughout the duration of the season and then still have anything left in the tank for the playoffs, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, the other, the other thing, though, is we know that the Wild can be good. So why the fuck aren't they? But they can be like, good. They can be bad just as easily as they can be good. That's the problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, the, I agree. It, yeah, mental. I think that's the key. That's the key is the spread between their best and worst performances is way wider than that of the Blackhawks or Montreal or whatever, you know, the Pittsburgh, you know what I mean? That yeah. that that the Wild's good games, they're pretty good, and they, they can be really good, but then their bad games are so bad that that there's no, that they just veer from one edge of the spectrum to the other, whereas... You know, all athletes talk about, you know, want to limit your highs and, and your lows and sort of smooth out the ride. And well, it just doesn't do that. They're just not that team. They're, they're, it just, and it gets back to, I don't know if it's just sort of, you know, heart or professionalism or maturity or what, but they just, they just cannot maintain an even keel. I don't really, I don't think it's hard or, effort or anything like that. I honestly, I don't think they have very much talent, at least up front anyway. I yeah. I honestly don't. I, I mean, Preezy's the ultimate example of that. I, I mean, there, nobody in the league, in my opinion, works harder than Preezy does, and that is a wonderful thing. Great. I love it. Yeah. It's admirable. I love it. But, but I've said it before, he's got to be the least efficient player in terms of, you know, points, uh, divided by effort um, in the yeah. league. In the yeah. league. I mean, he's just, he's just, he works and works and works, and it's just amazing to watch. Uh, but Nick, are you in the bathtub by any chance? No, no. Why? Because oh, it sounds like you're underwater at times. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, it, it, it's great to watch, but, you know, just like the lion in Christmas vacation, you know, you know, he worked really hard on that grandpa. I mean, I have most of the washing machines. <laughs> well, okay, so so look at look at who the Wild have up front. You know, we already mentioned Parisi. You got Nino and Zucker on the left wing. Right wing, you got Coyle and Pominville and Stewie, and center. We we talked about them. Um, so. You know, Pominville, he still shows a flash every now and then, but he he doesn't take on my loins at all. Um, well, Zucker, you know, sometimes he plays really good, and, and then other times, you know, he, he dogs it and he finds himself in the fourth line. Uh, and then he has a good game like he did tonight. Um, you, know, you got two big guys in Coyle and Nino, and, you know, 
uh, help me out. Like, what's the difference between those two guys? You well, know, when the when, Stewie, who's you know just there to you know be a warm body I, he, and, and occasionally he's junk. He shouldn't even be in the discussion. Stewart? Yeah, that was a stupid sign. Yeah. I don't know if that was a favorite of Boudreaux. Boudreaux and, was a favorite of Stewie, but... And, but honestly, I mean, Stewie's... I don't think he's even making a million. What does he make at 900000 So, no. Yeah, that's great. We're happy for you. Who cares? But it's a roster but, spot. Right? Yeah. It's a contract. That's the thing. It's, it's, you know, we're at 48 right now. That's fairly tight. That's one of the reasons J-E-E-K had to go back to fucking... Sweden or where he's from. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But as it relates to Pominville, I mean, even uh, Dan Myers, who I believe is the wild coordinator of digital media, uh, tonight he sends out a tweet during the game after Pominville hits his 94th post of the early season. Sends out a tweet saying how snake bit Pominville is. So I fired out the obligatory facial snake bite photo and, uh, <laughs> The wild, even the wild coordinator of digital media responds of how funny that is, but it's like it's so true that it it, it would be funnier if it weren't so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, so in regards to the wild forwards, I keep hearing people say that they have talent and. You know, they they have the makeup and the ability to be a good team. And somebody has to point out to me where the talent is up front because I honestly don't see it. But they didn't have talent last year. They had talent the year before. It's the same team. Right? I mean, the the, the, yeah. the difference, the, the, whatever the actual differences are, are all accrued to the margins. Right? The heart and core of the team is the same. So Right. You know, guys get older. They don't get better. But, I mean, we've been saying for years, honestly, years, uh, Nino, Granlin, Charlie, you know, Zucker, these guys all got to take the next step. And, I mean, honestly, is any one of them any better now than they were three years ago, appreciably? I don't think so. No. No. I mean, they show Uh, flashes. They They show flashes at times. Yeah, but exactly. that's like commensurate with the big picture that we were just talking about earlier. They're, exactly. They can they can be so good one night and just garbage the next night. Yep. So wh- where does that make you? Bergie, are you – where are you with regards to – like how – would you be right if they had a totally shitty season and ended up in a lottery pick? I think it would be the best thing that could happen to this team. Yeah, not a tank. There's no question. That was the outcome, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't ever root for it, but if it happened, I wouldn't be bummed out at all. Right. I I, I will say that I'll I'll disagree with both you guys, and I I will say that I think Charlie Coyle has been better now. I think he's better now than he was a couple years ago. He had a really solid season last year. Um. And I think that he's he's probably the best among that group. Um, you know, Zucker, I love the guy, but he's just he, – he, he hasn't taken – he is, of anyone, has not really grown as a player. Yeah. Um, Nino is 
you know, he's got tons of potential, but same deal. He has not grown as a player. I think moving Granlin to the wing was a smart choice. Uh, same with Coyle. I think moving Granlin, that was, that was a good choice. But, um, you know, has, has he really done all that much this year compared to last year? I don't think so. Um, you know, if, if anyone has, has grown among those guys, that, you know, I would say it's Charlie Coyle. Um, but I, he, he's not turned into and he's not turned into the power forward we need him to be. What did Blue Joe say about him He was teasing him. Uh, the, only, the, the biggest reason I wanted him to sign Colin this summer was so that hopefully he could rekindle his mentorship of, of Zucker. Uh, it just, yeah. it, it just seems like he doesn't know what it takes to be a professional. Or if he does, he doesn't give a shit about doing it, right? I mean, so that's that inconsistency piece, right? And yeah, you know, you know, I mean, how many how many people were just totally butthurt when Yo was sending him Madonna Des Moines every other week, right? Four years yeah. or whatever it was, right? And you know, Yo is a total. He does get it, and he's ruining this kid and this and that. And I, I think time has borne out that really Yo was on to something. That Yo was probably right about him, and he just needed to learn how to be a pro. And 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 um. I just he just he just hasn't gotten it. But okay, so I'll get, you know I won't I won't push back on Coil. You know of those dudes, he, you know I'll say he's probably the most improved. But um, but he still he still doesn't you know he's he still makes his coach say that he's teasing him. You know I mean so the end result is still not any appreciable increase in offense. Right. Well, I mean. To his credit, Coyle is um, at 0.63 points per game this year, which is well above his, his averages from previous years. Uh, last year is at 0.51, the previous year 0.43. So, I mean, he is, he is growing. Um, but the question is, can he sustain this pace over the course of the full season? Um, and, and I think it'll be interesting uh, because Boudreaux has said he likes his big players. Um, so does that mean he thinks he wants to give more ice time to Coyle? I I don't know. It, you know, it, it could be something. There could be something to that. Um, you know, but but to the to the larger point we're getting to here, you know, this team is a bunch of third liners. You know, and a couple second liners and some fourth liners. Um, you know, when you when you get right down to it, I mean, would Charlie Coyle be you know where would he slot in on the Blackhawks or, or the um, or the Canadiens or the Rangers? Probably third line. Yeah, yeah, stall too. I mean, yeah, I agree. I made the point of the wild extra boards earlier today. I think it was today uh, that I don't. You know, if Stahl was on a better team, I don't know that people would be saying that he'd be, he'd, uh, he he's been so good this season. I think part of the reason he looks so good is because. So many of the other players around him for so much of the season in the wild have not been so strong. Yeah. Yeah, Bergie, I think you're probably right on the money there. It is a bunch of third line players. Yeah. You know, give or take maybe God, I honestly on a good team, which wild forward is a second liner? Maybe when he's healthy, Parisi? 
maybe. Yeah. And and I said and I say maybe. I mean, you know, yeah, only because on most contending teams, the second, you know, the, the sort of middle of the road second liner can make, you know, uh, Jake Gensel score two goals. I mean, that, that's what happened the other night in Pittsburgh, right? Right. And yeah, he's playing with Malkin and and Kessel on this nominal second line in Pittsburgh, only because Crosby obviously is going to be the de facto first line. Um, so you know, if Parisi was on the other side of you know, Gino and Kessel, he'd be scoring a hell of a lot more than he is now, I would imagine. I mean, he's, you know, right. he's dragging around a bunch of stiffs around the wild. Well, yeah, you want to talk about the Penguins. I mean, you know, what do what do Sid and Gino do? They make players around them better. Is there any is there anyone in the wild you can say that about? Maybe Suter. I'll buy, I'll buy I that. would say definitely Suter. Maybe Dudnik. You know, just Dudnik makes everyone else look good, for sure. Well, yeah, because he minimizes their mistakes. But yeah. Tell you what, Doobie has covered up a whole lot of a whole lot of mistakes this year, without a doubt. And mostly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I mean, you know, I don't want to diminish the earlier point that the defense overall has been clearly this team's strength. But that's been this team's strength since day one either systematically mm-hmm. because of the coach or then personnel-wise because of the way that the roster was constructed. So it, it's an important thing to have your strength. I'm glad we're good at defense. But, 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 but it also, in the context of the history of this team, means that they haven't moved forward, but they haven't improved on other things. You know, I mean, you can say that their goal is you know, as, as solid as it's been arguably ever, um, the goal position, right? But and the defense, I would think, is pound for pound better than it was, you know, when, under in the Lamera. But, um, but, but if you know, the fact that defense is still the, the strength of the team means that the offense hasn't made any inroads there, uh, and that's always been the way it's been. So, riser to Fletcher today, it's it's you know, where's the overall sort of macro level thirty thousand foot view? Where's the improvement? Where where where's the evolution of this roster? Where do you see it? I I don't see it. It's 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 it, they're on the same trajectory. They're a team that has to win this low scoring game and get great goaltending and then stay healthy because they have no depth. That's the way it's been for years. And for the last five years, we've been chasing to to hold the window open and and, and you know burst through it. And every year it slams them down on our fingers. Yeah, I mean, we're, look, we're missing the window. I mean, you know, Palmer is already through the other the looking glass. Um, yeah, right. That, that's the point. They're, but but the, the team, you know, they, they sign, um, you know, they, they go out and they get Pominville. They, they re-sign him thinking, you know, he, he's, you know, this, this, is, this is the last piece we need to burst through. You know, and and then all right, we're we're gonna get this guy, and and, and we'll push through with you know, and we'll we'll get Nino, and and he'll push us through, and you know we'll we'll bring in uh, Sean Bergenheim, and he'll push us through. Well, it never fucking happens. You know, well, yeah, yeah. And Pominville is so far removed from the twenty-five to thirty goal scorer that he used to be. I mean, there is zero chance that he ever gets anywhere gets back anywhere near that. Yeah. 
zero chance. It's about the Wild, too, though, because I thought Molson's got six power play goals already this year. Right? So, Matt Molson with, Buff- with Buffalo, which, by the way, is, depending on what happened tonight, they were one game under 500 coming into tonight's game against Detroit. And that's without uh, Michael for the entire season. So, I, you know, I... I think Dan Bilesma deserves a heck of a lot of credit for keeping that team afloat uh, without by far their best player. But anyway, um, so there, there's some black hole when it comes to the Wild for offense in general. And, and, and it's not just systems because, you know, we've got, you know, whatever, three, four different coaches now. And, and it's not it's not that. It's four or five different coaches now. So it's, it's something else. But it's but But, you know, this is where offensive career is going to die. Yeah, they just—they have too many guys that, I mean, historically, you know, like coming into tonight, I think Russo in his blog had cited that, you know, Zucker had gone what nine games without a goal or something, and Koibu has gone, you know, had gone nine games without a goal or whatever before tonight, ten games maybe. Um, just a lot of guys that have scoring droughts for extended periods of time. And, you know, like when it's happened as often as it's happened with the wild and with the frequency of so many guys, I mean, there comes a point where that's no longer some sort of a statistical anomaly. And that's actually the reality of where your roster is at. Yep. Without Brodeen, he had the game winner tonight, right, right Bergie? What's that? Brodeen had the game winner tonight. Yeah, Brodeen looks solid. I, I love uh, Brodeen with Fulton. You know, they, 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 they're, I think that's a very solid pair right there. The Swedish meatballs? Exactly. I don't know how you infuse offensive talent into a team. I just, I don't have the foggiest idea. You but need, you I, need I, to win I, the lottery. You need a McDavid, you need an Eichel, you need an Austin Matthews, you need a uh, Patrick Lining. Yeah. And how do you and, do that? In the reality of the team, I'm not, you know, how do you, do you say, I'll give you my next two first-rounders and Dumba to move up to take, the, take your first-round pick this year, which is the second overall pick? You know, that yeah. get done? And, and but you know, some people would crush Fletch for that. But frankly, if the second, the next two first rounders are going to be in the middle of the pack again, it's the same player we've gotten over and over and over again. I don't. And we're sitting here saying we've got to have some top line talent. I don't know that I would crush him on that. But that just sucked last year when they lost. What was it, fourteen in a row or whatever? When they finally made a move on Yo, and that yeah. sucked. You know, for the better part of 14 games, what is that? That's over a month, right, without yeah. even winning? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, hockey is my winter diversion, and that just absolutely sucked when they were that bad for that long. And I say that long, and that's what? Probably a fifth of a – not even a fifth of an entire season? 
Well, but that's what I'm saying. So, okay, so what you want is a year where they finish in the, like the tenth, or you know, make the playoffs and lose in the first round, so that you end up in like the sixteenth, fifteenth kind of place to draft, right? Which isn't super low. You say I'll give you the fifteenth pick this year, and whatever our first round pick ends up being next year, which you're hoping is a low, you know, low bottom third pick in the first round, I'll give you those two firsts and Dumba for your second overall pick this year. So it actually helps you if you, you know, you know, you don't want to finish so poorly. Well, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying there. Maybe you do because it would increase your odds of doing it. But I'm getting the, the trade done. But but you know, but 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 in other words, I you know, put enough stuff in there to to overcome the fact that it's a 15th overall pick in this year's draft. You know, you get an established player. And you get uh, a, a lottery ticket for next year's draft as well, if, if it doesn't pan out for us, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. This is obviously pie in the sky anyway, because if they could have done it, Fletch would have tried it, except that he would have thrown in a couple extra second rounders. Yuck. Well, this, <clears throat> this team. Oh, that happy note. <laughs> Hopefully we haven't brought you down too much. Um, yeah. Check out Jobs and Glory. That's not a good podcast. You know, if you're not already too down. Um, doubles, any stories Stories you want to share with us tonight? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just I'm moping about the state of the state right now. Yeah, it's uh, I I don't see I just don't see any of the guys on the current roster, you know, kind of moving into that elite scorer status, and no. I just I I think that's. Dick yeah. fucking Tracy. Yeah, Dick fucking Tracy. I, I think that's what they need, but I, I have no idea how they get there and how long it's going to take and how miserable the ride to get there is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, and without that, it needs to be done by committee, or you need to play Jacques Lemaire hockey. Right. Which Bruce did last year with Anaheim when everything wasn't working. They went to that, you know, real ugly style until, you know, their stars got untracked and got hot. The difference is that they had stars. They had stars last year that we don't have this year. So we don't, you know, so he showed last year that he's willing to adapt his sort of, you know, style to fit the situation. And and so maybe that's maybe what we saw tonight with, I think the Flyers or the Flyers, the Jets had under 20 shots uh, at the end of the game. Uh, it was 15 shots on goal late in the third. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe that's what he's doing. Look, you know, I I don't have the resources to to I certainly don't have the star power. So um, we're going to go back to this and uh, and just hope that the guys can play for the you know the next 70 games, 60 odd games. Yeah. Yep. And uh, again, with how good. I think their defense, of course, played. Um, you know, it makes me wonder how much of that is Scott Stevens. 
yeah. You know, just just because uh, I mean, we've seen time and time again that a guy's you know playing career really is not indicative at all of what type of coach he'll make, but uh, certainly looks like you know uh, the defensive coach has got the has got the guys he's in charge of really playing. So yeah, I, yeah. I think it's hard, uh, you know, kind of hard not to give give Stevens credit for that. And it could, you know, it also, could be they're just terrified of him. Well, <laughs> never works. I'd kind of like that, actually. Never works. Yeah, yeah for sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I don't know what the answer is to infusing talent here. And I've seen enough of the guys that are here because, to the earlier point, it's the same guys. It's, yeah. I mean, Zucker is not all of a sudden going to start being a 30-goal, 70-point guy. Right. Uh, you know, Nino, what did Nino have? Did he have 22 last year or something like yeah, that? something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's okay. But is he ever going to get to be a 30-goal 30 30 guy? You know, who knows? Charlie Coyle, you know, like Russo keeps saying, are you going to be – you know, are you going to be this power forward that's going to put up points, or are you going to be third line Rob Niedermeyer? Right. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you know, what's the what's the difference between Nino and Coyle to, you know, today? I, I ask, what is the difference between those guys today, and would you really – if if they weren't around, would you really like noticeably miss them? And no. I don't think the answer to that is yes. I don't need all three of those guys, or two of them, or however many you know, imagine. It's the same player. Yeah, it's your favorite and, one. And I'm fine with that guy staying. The other guys trade him. I don't care. Yeah, I I agree, but you know, at the at the same time, you know, what are you going to get for him? I mean, they don't have any value on any sort of real value on an open market. Fine, but but that's not going to change though. So you may as well move exactly. them and do whatever you that's, can. That's the problem. Oh my God, this is like worse than our uh, postmortem after every year they lose to the Blackhawks. This episode is worse than the postmortems. <laughs> well, this is, it's not a pretty so, so of our misery. It's not any it's of it should be any better. God damn it, I'm sick of saying that. Okay, double, double, double. Here, just... No, I'm melting do, down. Do you, what do, do you, you want? Think, do you think they just need to reach down? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Give them a tug? No, they can, <laughs> they can give the deepest reach and the biggest tug, and it won't matter. That's the problem. They don't they're have beyond, any balls. <laughs> they're beyond a good healthy tug from getting any better. It's, it goes way deeper than that. It goes way further below the belt than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Bergie, save us from ourselves here, buddy. Uh, well, on that note, this has been the five-minute major. We've had our final thoughts. 
Nick is drunk, and so am I, and, and Doubles is uh, angry at the uh, drive-thru attendant. So for Nick, for Doubles, for uh, Mason and Absentia, this has been the five-minute major. Thanks for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.